Some time ago, my friend Mike called me and said, Steve, I have a message for you. You have to make a podcast. It's very important. Do it now. And I said, okay, I will. Can you provide me with extra time to do that during my busy schedule? He said he couldn't do that. But then I managed to free up some time. So here's my podcast, Audio Chimera. This is episode number 28, A Love Story. It's a platonic love story, but you should still keep listening. Did you ever meet someone and you get to know them and like them, and then you become really close, and then you lose them, and then find them again, and then lose them yet again, but always hold out the hope that you will see them once more just around the next corner? The last part's been almost 30 years, but hope, as they say, springs eternal. I met Maggie my first year at the summer arts camp. She taught pottery and was bunk counselor practically next door to me. At first, we were friendly, as most of the counselors were to each other, but somewhere during the course of the first several weeks, we started hanging out more and more frequently together. Kindred spirits, perhaps, since, as I would later discover, we both had long-distance relationships with someone outside of camp. One of the coolest memories I have of Maggie is that she, another counselor who was a dance instructor, and I decided we should cross the road and visit the area used for housing some of the arts specialists. A group of us had a daiquiri party there one night while someone experimented with all manners of flavors. Strawberry, blackberry, I lost track. There was also a pool, and perhaps it was Maggie who suggested we go skinny dipping. I never had before, but decided, hey, why not? If you've never tried it, you should. Uh, but please, in a private pool, don't get crazy and do it at the Y. Just saying. The capper for my evening was climbing out of the pool and Maggie complimenting me with nice legs, all three of them. About midway through the summer, I sensed that Maggie was feeling a bit depressed. One evening, instead of attending some performance in the theater, Maggie and I sneaked off to the treehouse, the term for a platform placed uh, relatively safely atop some supports. We climbed up, sat down, not hidden from view, it wasn't really near any trees, and she began to tell me about her troubled relationship. She explained things in what I might term vague detail, and then asked for my opinion. Well, this guy, I paused, it's a guy? She said, no. I nodded and said, okay, well this woman, and I proceeded to make supportive comments to Maggie that she was in the right, not being unreasonable, and so on. The funny thing was, I had no reason to ask her about her sexual preference. She had never given me any indication one way or the other. The leg comment certainly might be seen as misleading. In any case, later in the conversation she mentioned that, while she didn't hide her sexual preference, she didn't make it known openly. I agreed not to tell anyone what she had told me in confidence. But for some reason after that, maybe because we had grown closer as friends during that intimate and revealing conversation, and also because the idea of camp counselors suddenly starting to date was happening around us, we decided to make it look like we were going out, as it was called at camp. On bus trips, we would sit together, my arm around her. We would do off-camp activities together, like canoeing in the lake. 
We would be seen walking and holding hands. On her birthday, I had one of our co-counselors, who would not only sing at my wedding, but also be present during certainly ghostly possession events, check out episode number 14, serenade her with Rod Stewart's Maggie May early in the morning. I thought, wake up Maggie, I think I got something to say to you, was appropriate, but maybe it was not the best choice lyrically later on. The morning sun, when it's in your face, really shows your age. Oh well, it's the thought that counts, right? While everyone mostly took our relationship in stride, one of the girls in Maggie's bunk, who did not get along with her, once walked up to me and told me that my taste in women was not good. She actually used the word for excrement and that I could do better. I just shrugged. I don't think the girl had a crush on me. I think she just didn't like Maggie. But that comment just made us look like we were even closer. After camp ended, she moved back to New England, Boston, I think, and I moved back to Pennsylvania. But we continued to write letters to each other. Yes, actual writing, paper letters. That continued for a while, and I think I even sent a couple from camp the following year when I went back for a second helping. But at some point, her letters stopped. I think I just didn't hear from her, so I stopped writing to her. After summer camp number two, I moved to Berkeley for grad school and plunged into a new life. A few years along, I was directing a strange play by Christian Dietrich Graba called Jest, Satire, Irony, and Deeper Meaning. Yes, that was the actual title. We Berkeley Dramatic Arts students had sort of an unspoken competition to find and direct the most obscure plays, and that was my entry. Anyway, I was sitting in one of the upper rows of the Durham Studio Theater watching audience members filter in for the performance. I didn't pay much attention to anyone in detail, as in those days I would still get nervous before my shows. Now I know whatever happens is whatever happens. We rehearsed it, so my work is done. And there's nothing more I can do. It's live theater. Anyway, I barely noticed a young woman sit down, then go back out to the lobby and return to be seated in the first row. But a few minutes later, one of the ushers came up to me with a program. Someone had circled my name and had written next to it, Do you remember Maggie from the summer camp? I jumped up and ran down to her. Her friends must have thought I was a madman when I grabbed her in a tight hug. It was so great to see her again. It turns out she had moved to the Bay Area in there somewhere. So close, and yet so far. We made plans to meet for coffee, and then she came to my leaving California party. Sadly, our correspondence did not continue beyond that move, but I think of her often. Whenever I hear the Rod Stewart song, or think of canoeing, or of summer camp, and I wonder if she just might step back into my life again at some point. We never know, do we? Hey Maggie, get back in touch. I think I've got something to say to you. Anything you want to hear more about from this podcast? I can elaborate. Just send your request to stephenschrum at musifier.com. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S-C-H-R-U-M at musifier, M-U-S-O-F-Y-R.com. Or leave a message at 724-835-4074, and I'll see what I can do. I receive no cash for products I mentioned, but please feel free to throw money at me to advertise here. 
For more information on my works, check out my website, musifier.com. For written works, search for me on Smashwords as Stephen Schramm or Musifier, or find me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. This is Stephen Trump. Thanks for listening to Audio Chimera. <laughs>